Great to see you. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect. So if you're visiting here, if it's your very first time, welcome. Uh, I hope you'll come again. I hope you enjoy your morning. We've actually got some orange cards on the seat. They're called connection cards. If you want to fill one of those out, we can kind of let you know more about the church and uh, answer any questions you might have. But um, maybe you're here this morning and like many of us, you're still trying to adjust to this recent huge news story. Some of us are reeling, aren't we? We're saying, man, never in my lifetime did I think I would see this happen. But it happened. And it's brought a lot of division, hasn't it? Across the country, and, and even more so, I think, here in central Illinois, because really you'll find you're either a supporter or a hater. But the victory came, and, and the truth is that no matter what you think this morning, the Cubs did win the World Series. <laughs> they did. It's great news. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do so you think I was talking about something else? <laughs> oh, you thought I was talking about the election. <laughs> no, no, Cubs. That's what I was talking about. Uh, that's the big news. Yeah, I, uh, I did sit up to watch the election the other night, but it was just so late. I, I actually had to go to bed at midnight before it had ended. So I had to TiVo. I DVR'd the rest. So I don't know the outcome yet. So don't tell me. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and watch it later. But I hear it's a real twist towards the end. Um, hey, listen, last week, prior to the election... Our title of our message was Choose Jesus. We were kind of setting people up, getting people ready to say, listen, no matter what the outcome of this week is, um, the choice we make to follow Jesus can have a far greater impact on this world, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our family, amongst our friends. Followers of Jesus united around the country, around the world, can make a much greater difference than any politician, king, uh, leader, anywhere. Because I believe that God, through his Holy Spirit, can do so much through us. And if I had to preach a message this morning, following the outcome of the election, it would be, choose Jesus. No matter what you think, if you got caught up in all the the, the Facebook talk since then, or the news articles, the reality is God is still on the throne. God is still in control. And I still believe that his number one choice, his number one plan for changing the world is through you and me. It's through you and me. I actually, I come from Europe originally, and Europe has thousands of years of history of the church and government kind of side by side. And you can see at different times through different countries in Europe where where the church tried to partner with the government, where they tried to partner with the monarchy, and they tried to, you know, come together and, and figure things out. And most of the time, it didn't end well. In fact, sometimes it caused decades of problems that that eventually were undone because God has a plan for the church. He has a plan for you and me if you are part of the church this morning. And his plan isn't to try and put us in these, these positions of power, but to use us in our own communities. That was his plan in the beginning. I still believe that's his plan today. It's as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. God's plan has always been for the church to look different and to make a difference. In fact, Jesus explained this plan to his disciples. There was a time in Jesus' life where um, he was with his disciples and it was coming towards the end of his ministry and drawing close to the time where Jesus knew he was going to have to lay down his life. He was going to give up his life on a cross and he was going to die as a sacrifice for you and me for the people of that day and for everyone that had ever lived and ever will live, that he was going to give up his life for us. He knew that day was coming. And he started to talk of that day. He started to tell his disciples, there's a time coming shortly where I'll be leaving you. And they begged him not to go. 
They said, Jesus, this is the best of times. You're with us and you're changing the world. If, if you leave, it'll be a terrible thing. It'll, it'll just be bad. And Jesus actually says, no, I, I, I have to leave. On the contrary, I have to leave. And I'll tell you why. And he talks about it here in John chapter 14. In John 14, verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads all into truth. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. See, Jesus knew that he, in one place at one time, had to leave. But in leaving, God was going to send his Holy Spirit who could be in all places, at all times, in every one of our lives. And if you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is alive and living in you. He is there to empower you and change you from the inside out and to, to connect you to Father God. And to, to help use you to, to make a difference in the world in which you live and to, to communicate Jesus to others around you. And that has always been God's plan. That through his Holy Spirit, we would know him and we would make him known. That through God, the Holy Spirit, we would know God and we would make him known to those that are around us. You know, it was a little over three years ago that we had our very first service here at Connect. And I can remember in the months leading up to that, that launch Sunday, there was a group of us gathered together. We were called the launch team, and we would talk through different things and strategies and practical things that we had to figure out in order to get this church started. But time after time after time again, we would talk about this vision that we felt God had given us that was lining up with his plan. And that's that Connect needs to be a church. We want to be a church. We want to always be known as a church that connects our community to Christ. That was our vision statement. We are connecting our community to Christ. So from the very beginning, everything we've done, everything we've worked towards, every, every step we take, every new thing that we do here as a church, we always put it through this lens, through this filter. Will this help us to connect our community to Christ? Because that's why we exist. That's what we believe our mission is here at Connect. That's what we believe is to connect this community that God has put us in to Christ to introduce those outside of here to Jesus, to a, to a relation with Jesus, a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We want the difference that he's made within our lives to be experienced by those outside of here. We want to connect our community to Christ. And we followed that since day one. And, and I felt this morning it would be great to just kind of remind us of that and then talk about practically what does that mean to us sat here this morning? as regular attenders or members or even visitors here at Connect this morning, what does that mean to you? Well, the question I would ask is, if you're a part of Connect, and if you believe what we believe, that our vision, our, our mission is to connect our community to Christ, then here's the question I've got for you. How do you connect your community to Christ? How are you connecting your community to Christ? So here's who I'm thinking about when I think of your community. Your community is where God has placed you right now. It's your sphere of influence. It's your family. It's your friends. It's your neighbors. It's the, the people that you do life with. Those, those people that kind of make up your community. I wonder if you've ever asked yourself that question. How am I connecting my community to Christ? Jesus has changed my life. How am I using that in my community to connect others to him? 
Because that's our value here at, at Connect. But Connect isn't just a building. It isn't just a place. It's made up of, of all of you here this morning. So if our vision, our passion at Connect Church is to connect our community to Christ, then how are you, how are we connecting our community to Christ? How do we do that? Well, I think the first thing we've got to answer this morning, the first question we've got to answer before we even start to think about practically how this is going to happen is, is do we even want to do that? Because you've got to want to. You've got to want to connect your community to Christ. That's got to be something that's inside of you. I've got to want to do this. There has to be a part of me somewhere that says, you know, Jesus has changed my life. I can, I can tell you stories. I can show you evidence of the difference that he's made in my life. But I wonder if I have this desire to, to want to share that change, to tell others, to communicate to other people. Well, he's done this to me, and I know he wants to do that for you as well. I know he wants to change your life. I wonder if you feel that you want to do that. I was thinking about this thought and this idea, and I was wondering, maybe some of you here this morning, you have friends on Facebook or social media, and, and they're, uh, they're sales reps for a particular product. You know, they're, they're, you know, it's not their regular job on the side. They've got this hair care miracle product, you know, or maybe it's a, um, some kind of milkshake or special diet that, man, you eat this or drink this, and, it'll, and you're like, okay, they're, they're, they're just always talking about it. And they're on there, and they've got the before and after pictures. You know, this is what I used to look like, and this is what I look like now. And there's normally a picture of some wonderful hair or chiseled abs, which is why I'm not selling either of those this morning. <laughs> but you look at their feed, don't you? Sometimes you look at their posts, and you're like, here they go again. And I'm sure there's some monetary experience here, but I think the majority of those people, the reason they're talking about this product is because it really has made a difference in their lives. When you talk to them, they're like, honestly, my hair used to be, and now I'm using this shampoo, and it's like, woo. And I've started this supplement or this nutrition thing or this milk, and it really, I can feel different. I, and they're passionate about it. It's something that's changed who they are. And it got me thinking when I was thinking about these friends of mine who are like that, man, Jesus has done so much more in my life than any hair product or diet formula will ever do. But I wonder if I'm as excited or as passionate or as, uh, as willing and desiring to want to tell people as some of these people do. You know, Paul, I think, challenges us in this. Paul was uh, one of the very first missionaries, one of the very first followers of Jesus after the disciples. He kind of spread the church in the, the, the New Testament world. And he would plant these churches in all these different places. And he planted one church in a city called Corinth. And he would write letters to the, the, the church as it was growing and developing. He carried on his travels and he would continue writing letters of instruction and encouragement and guidance. And, and we get to read those letters today. They're part of the New Testament. The letters that Paul wrote to this church in Corinth. And they can speak to us as much today as they did to those original responders of that letter 2,000 years ago. But when writing to these very early Christians in, in Corinth, he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He says, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. When I share with people about Jesus, when I tell people about Jesus, it's not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Paul's saying here, listen, that I, I'm compelled to do this. That's an interesting word, isn't it? Compelled, because it can go one of two ways. You know, when I think of someone doing something because they're being compelled to do it, maybe it's because he felt his arm was twisted behind his back, he was being coerced. Maybe there's some blackmail. God's like, hey, you better tell people or else. And, and because of that, he was compelled to do it. 
But I don't think that's what Paul's saying. When Paul says he was, he was compelled to do it, it's not that he was saying, I have no choice. He was actually saying, I can't help myself. It's, I just can't keep it in. You know, if you know the story of Paul, you'll know that he didn't always go by the name of Paul. There was a time where he went by the name of Saul. And as Saul, he was a nasty man. He was a, a persecutor of Christians. And he, uh, he, his, his mission in life was to, to capture and imprison and even kill followers of Jesus. And then one day he has this encounter on this road. Jesus, who had died and gone to heaven, suddenly appears right there in front of him. No one else can see him, but Paul sees him. He says, Paul, he says, Saul, why are you doing this? Why are you persecuting me? And Paul has this incredible encounter, and it changes his life drastically. And he goes from being a persecutor and a hater of Christ's followers to a promoter of Jesus himself, a missionary building the church. Jesus did such a work in his life. He changed his life so much that he was compelled to tell others. And I feel like for this morning, for us, that can be a little bit of a challenge. It's like, man, I, I'm not sure that I'm compelled. I mean, I'm going to go to work tomorrow, but I don't know that having heard this message, I'm going to get up on my desk and say, guess what? I need to tell you. And start preaching a sermon, just 20 minutes, 25 minutes, just to start the day. You see, Paul was called to preach, and that was a unique gift that he had. But every one of us, if we're followers of Jesus this morning then I wonder if, like Paul, there's a part of us that is compelled to share, to tell others what he's done in our lives, to, to in those situations when we're with people who don't know Jesus, to, and maybe we see some pain or some brokenness, to be able to share, hey, listen, can I just tell you what Jesus has done for me? Could I pray for you and the situation you're going through right now? Because it's almost like we can't help ourselves. There's this compulsion. We, we, we want to tell others what Jesus has done. So I hope this morning that if you are a follower of Jesus the, and, and our philosophy here at Connect Church is to connect our community to Christ, that there's a part of you that gets on board with that because you think, you know what, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm right there because I have that same desire. I have that compulsion. I want to connect my community to Christ, whether it be this zip code community or the community that you um, work in, live in, uh, do life with. I want to connect my community to Christ. So how do I do that? How do I connect? How, what's the way to be able to connect my community to Christ? I think there's two real simple ways. And I don't think one's right and one's wrong or one's better than the other. I think sometimes people will do one. Sometimes they'll do the other. Sometimes they'll do both. But there are two different ways that, that God can use us to connect our community to Christ. So the first way is, is in us going to our community. It's in us going to our community. It's making that choice to, to not live in, in a bubble and, and separated from the, the rest of the world, but say, no, I'm going to make a choice to go um, and be amongst people that maybe aren't followers of Jesus, whether it's in my workplace or my neighborhood or the activities I do with my kids, whatever it may be, but I'm going to put myself in this environment. And as I put myself in this environment, I'm going to get to start connecting to people outside of my normal circle of friends. You know, I hear about that happening here at Connect. I remember just recently, it was within the last year, there was a, a family that were coming to Connect, and we were friends with them. We knew them quite well. And I remember one day they were talking, the husband and wife, to Casey and I, and they were like, we're so excited because um, just the other night we were at a neighbor's house, 
And we were having a cookout in their backyard, and we were just talking about some different things. And we started to tell them about the fact that we go to this church called Connect, and that we believe in Jesus, and the difference he's made in our lives. And they said, we, we asked this couple, you should come to Connect with us. And they just kind of laughed. The husband said, there's no way you'd ever see me inside a church. There's absolutely no way. That is just not my thing at all. But they said they kept talking about it a little bit. And after a couple of weeks, they, they invited him again. He said, all right, I'll come. And that day they were telling us, they were like, Dave, we're so excited because he and his wife, they're here now. They're here this morning. And you know, that couple that they invited, they continued to come. They've been coming regularly ever since. And I can see God at work in their lives. In fact, he serves now, the husband, on the setup team. And, and the original husband serves on the setup team together, the pair of them. So they come early on a Sunday morning, the pair of them, and they help set up uh, the, for church. And I remember one morning during setup, the pair of them came to me and they said, Hey, Dave. Last night, we were at another neighbor's house, the four of us, and, and they were sharing some stuff, and, and we were all saying, both couples, you know what, you, you should come to church with us. Let's tell you what Jesus has done in our lives, and, and we think they're coming today. We've invited them, and we think they're going to come today, and, and they did, and they came back again, and they've been coming ever since. And I just love that story, because I, I, when I hear that story, when I think about the guy who's telling me, I remember thinking, I can remember when you were that guy. <laughs> When someone was excited that you were going to come, and now you're telling me how excited you are about, and one by one, pretty soon their whole street's going to be here. They're just working their way through the neighborhood. Because they've got this desire, this, this desire to share what Jesus has done in their lives. And I think that inspiration, it comes from Jesus himself. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5, and he's actually writing at this point. This is Jesus talking to people like you and me, people that would call themselves, if you call yourself this morning, a follower of Jesus. This is who he's talking to. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying that as salt, we are to change the flavor of the world in which we live. That's what salt does. It changes the flavor of something. Our attitude, our behavior, our love forever for others, it should cause people around us to say, what is it about them? There's something different about them. It's a noticeable difference, like salt on a food, a noticeable difference. And here's why it's so important. I came across this writing from this Bible commentator who was a follower of Jesus but hadn't been grown up. And listen to what he said. He said, until my conversion in 1975, I professed to be an atheist in part because I looked at the roughly 85% of my fellow U.S. citizens who claimed to be Christians, and I could not see that their faith genuinely affected their lives. I reasoned that if even Christians did not believe in Jesus' teachings, why should I? My excuse for unbelief and the excuse of many other secularists I knew, it continued until God's Spirit confronted me with the reality that the truth of Christ does not rise or fall on the claims of his professed followers, but on Jesus himself. Now, I'm thankful this guy came to find Jesus for himself. But it saddens me that in his experience, he didn't find Jesus through the relationships of the people he knew, even though they proclaimed to be followers of Jesus. 
Because in his eyes, they weren't salt. There was nothing different between them and everybody else. I feel like Jesus is calling us to say, listen, as salt and light, you will draw people to me. People will see Jesus in you as you live your life differently. And you know, the great thing about this passage, it doesn't just talk about how we should be. It talks about where we should be. You see, he's talking about finding ourselves in environments where there are people who don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's great being here on a Sunday morning. I know that many of you are followers of Jesus. This is just a great place to be, knowing that you're surrounded by others who think the same way as you, who believe the same things as you do. But the reality is there are some people out there that don't think like that. And it can be difficult for us to be in those environments and be uncomfortable. But I believe that's where Jesus wants us to be. If we're going to connect our community to Christ. You see, the reality is if you've got a room that's full of light and you turn on a light, it's going to create a little bit more light. But if you've got a room that's pitch black and you suddenly turn on a light, that whole room lights up. I believe that when it comes to connecting our community to Christ, that God is calling some of us to be in these environments where we are the light. We are lighting up a dark place because of what we believe in and who we are as followers of Jesus. You know, when we first started Connect about three years ago, we... Um, as the launch team, I told you earlier, we had this launch team. And one of the things we did in the lead up to Connect Starting was we had these cards that everyone had. And there were 10 blank spaces on these cards. And we encouraged everybody in the launch team because as a new church, we wanted to reach new people. We didn't want people to leave their churches and come to our church instead. Our goal was to, to reach people in this community that didn't know Jesus. Maybe they didn't grow up going to church. Maybe they did grow up going to church, but they'd for some reason fallen away. But we knew that we had neighbors and friends that weren't in church, that weren't following Jesus, and we wanted to connect them to Christ. So we, we challenged people to write down the names of friends and family members and loved ones and neighbors, and, and we built this kind of, everyone had their own list of 10. And every time we get together, we didn't look at each other's lists or compare names or anything like that, but we would take time every time we gathered and pray for our, our 10. We'd be praying for our list of 10. And then when we launched in September 2013, I can remember on a regular occasion, on a regular basis, people would come up to me in the foyer. They'd say, Dave, Dave, see those people over there? I was like, yeah, they're my 10. They were on my list. I've been praying for them, and they're here this morning. And it was exciting watching as people have been praying for their, their loved ones and their neighbors and their friends who didn't know Jesus and who they desperately wanted to experience Jesus the way they'd experienced him and praying for them and then seeing them show up after inviting them and talking to them. And that was three years ago. I don't want us as a church to lose what was there in the very beginning. I want us to continue to have that, that desire, that passion, to want to pray for our friends and our loved ones that don't know Jesus the way we know him. For the people outside of the church. I, wanna, I want all of us to work together, to be a, a part of this together in connecting our community to Christ. And for some of us, the way that will happen is we will go to them. And within our community, we'll get to, to talk to them. But there's another way that this happens. It's not just that we get to go to them and share them. And that, that's a wonderful way in which to do it. But the other way is that we can create the place for your community to come to. You can be a part of helping to create the place for your community to come to. You know, every one of us here at Connect can play a role in that. 
You probably know this, but as a church, we actually only have a few full-time and part-time staff. But there's a lot that happens every week here at Connect. And a lot of it happens because of wonderful volunteers who give time and energy to make all of this happen. And it can't happen unless people who consider Connect their home step up to be a part of it. So there are many here this morning who create the place for your community to come to. And now I'm excited because we're entering a new phase here at Connect where that's not just going to happen on a Sunday morning anymore. Because of the, uh, uh, this wonderful new chapter in our history, the Connect Center. So if you don't know about this building, we've, um, we've, we've, we're moved in as of November 1st into this brand new building. And we're going to continue to meet here on Sunday mornings. But the Connect Center is going to become another wonderful opportunity for us here at Connect to connect our community to Christ. So the Connect Center is going to meet some immediate needs. We're going to be able to have our youth group meet there. Our offices will be based out of there. We can store some things there. The kids um, directors and kids workers, they can prepare all their supplies there. So there's a lot of immediate needs that we have that the Connect Center will meet. But we have some exciting plans for the future of this building. Because we actually believe that God has kind of opened this door for us because the Connect Center will be known as something that impacts families in this community. We want this building to be known of outside of Connect Church. So there are people who don't call Connect Church their home, but they know about the Connect Center. For example, there's a, uh, an area in the basement that's all done up kind of like a cafeteria. It's got ice cream machines and milkshake machines and pizza makers, and there's tables and chairs. It just, it's, it's an amazing little spot. And it was put together in the first place as kind of a youth hangout. And it's not really been used for years. So when the, we talked to the landlord about using the building, he says, I can probably try and get some of this stuff out of here. And I'm like, no, we love this stuff. We'd love to see this open again. In fact, we'd love this to be a space that after school, teens, middle schoolers, high schoolers, they can come and hang out here. And it'll be a safe space for them to come and have fun together and, and eat ice cream together and play video games together and play pool together and just be a great place for teens to hang out. And it's such a great um, space and so many opportunities that we won't just use it for teenagers. We'd love it that in this busy world where parents and kids are too busy and there's sometimes as families we feel like we're disconnected from our kids, we want to create some family events. Maybe one night we'll have like a, a daddy-daughter date night and the whole room will do up with tablecloths and flowers and candles. And we'll invite dads and their daughters to come. And we'll have a princess there. And we'll have Frozen on the TV. And whatever it takes just to be a really special night for dads to bring his daughter to and just hang out together. There's a wonderful space there. <laughs> There's some dads now like, not Frozen again. <laughs> Quality time with your daughter. There's a wonderful space there in the sanctuary where we can have meetings, and we want it to be a place that we can have meetings as a church, but maybe we'll put on meetings for the public, like a, a night where, where couples can come along. We'll just have a fun night for, for couples to be involved, because we just believe in family. We believe that life can be busy sometimes, and we want to create some space for a couple to say, you know what, I need somewhere where we can just go on a date night together and have fun. And we'll, we'll take care of that. Maybe we'll provide the childcare. But, but this building, it has so many opportunities to do so much in this community. And we're excited about that because we think this is going to be a huge opportunity for us to connect our community to Christ. And here's where we're so thrilled with you as a church. Because in order to get it there, there's a lot of work that needed to be done. 
So yesterday we had this big cleanup day, and we had about 70 people throughout the day who came and painted walls and who cleaned cupboards and who replaced ceiling tiles. We had young people, older people. It was just fantastic. And it was so humbling to watch all of these people in there just cleaning and and doing all sorts of different things to get this building ready. And there was a lot of work needed doing. I was so impressed with this group of guys in the sanctuary. We had carpet in there that we were replacing, and they spent all day just scraping away. I've seen a couple of guys this morning. Actually, I've seen one guy had like a blister on his hand, he told me he got. And then this morning, Justin was singing. At one point, he did this, and I saw the same blister on his hand. It's like a sign. If you were there yesterday, you've, you've got the sign. These guys were scraping this carpet, and it just was so hard to come up. I think it had been glued to that floor for about 100 years And I think the building's only 90 years old, but that's how old this carpet was. I mean, it's just been there forever. And they were scraping and scratching. And I was looking around, and there were some people, and it's just wonderful meeting people who've been coming to Connect for years, and some that have only been coming for a very short space of time, but all getting involved. This guy here, Brock, I think is his name, he sat on the floor in front of this window where it said the word arcade for about three hours with a razor just scratching. I think he may actually be here this morning, just saying the word arcade. I know it's just made him shiver hearing that word again as he sat and scratched and scratched and scratched all of that pain off of that window. It was brilliant seeing him give up this time to do that, to prepare this building. And I thought that was the, the, one of the toughest jobs of the day until I met another guy at the end of the day who'd been tasked with helping to clean the bathroom downstairs, the boys' bathroom. It's the men's bathroom, but it's just off the cafe area, so I'm sure a lot of middle schoolers, high schoolers use that bathroom. Uh, And this is how I know, because at one point there was a loose ceiling tile just above the the toilet stall. So he stood up, and he kind of went to move the ceiling tile, and something dropped to the ground. And when they looked down, they realized it was a pair of underwear, boys' underwear. (laughs) Yeah. Now... I just want your imagination to run a little here, okay? So this is a bathroom that's not been used for at least four years, okay? That's the age of the underwear we're talking about here. And what would possess a middle schooler to have to jam his underwear up above us? I mean, something tragic, something terrible happened to where I, the only thing I have left to do is get these underwear up above that ceiling tile. And this guy discovered them. This guy, I found out afterwards, who's literally two weeks he's been coming to connect and he signed up, yes. He's only been going to be there for two weeks. I mean, there were two great weeks. We'll never see him again. But I think those two weeks, he really enjoyed. But it was just such, so humbling for me as the lead pastor, looking at all these wonderful men and women and teenagers and children who are working so hard. And the morning before we started, we prayed together. We said, God, as we're working today, Help us to be praying as we're scrubbing and scraping and tearing and hammering and everything we're doing, knowing that what I'm doing here is preparing a space that one day someone will come and discover Jesus. That as I do this, somebody will come and have an encounter with Jesus. We'll hear somebody's story and they'll say, you know, I came along, I'm a teenager, and I came along to that cafe after school and I'd hang out. And then one day um, I kind of got friends with a youth pastor, so I thought I'll go to the youth group. And at youth group, I discovered Jesus. I came along to one of the events they put on, and it was fun, and we had a good time. And, and the friends that brought me invited me to church on Sunday as well. So I decided I'd try that. And, and I came on Sunday, and I came again and again. And now I'm following Jesus. And it all started in this building. We were praying yesterday as we cleaned. So some of you were a part of that. Some of you were preparing this place that others will connect with Jesus. 
You know, there's another opportunity some of you have given. And we are so grateful. We're actually trying to raise $25,000 to get all the repairs done, all the fixtures and fittings replaced, all the um, signage and all the um, equipment we need, you know, speakers and uh, projectors, all that kind of thing. So we've set this goal that between now and the end of the year, we'd like to try and raise $25,000. And some of you have already given. And in fact, that's what this, this sign is here. It's got 25 light bulbs. And right now, we're at five light bulbs. That means we've raised 5,000, 20% of our goal so far, which is fantastic. And you know what I found out on Friday, and I think this is really cool, that of the $5,000 we've raised so far, that's come from just 16 gifts. Only 16 individuals or families here at Connect have already given enough to get us five light bulbs lit. And I say that because it just shows how every little bit makes a difference. Every gift from every person helps. And those that have given and those that will give, and if you want to give... There are commitment cards on your chairs that you can fill out and drop in the box with your check, or you can give online or give through the app. But those that have given, it's that other way of connecting our community to Christ because we're saying, I want to be a part of connecting my community to Christ. I want to to give in this way or to serve in this way because I know that I'm creating a space where someone else will come and discover Jesus. Many of you do this on a Sunday morning. Some of you come early. Some of you stay late. Some of you are here in this service because you were serving with the kids in the first service. You were creating a space for somebody else to come and discover Jesus. You know, I love, as the lead pastor, sometimes I'll be in the foyer during the break or after service or before service, and someone will say, hey, Dave, I want you to meet this friend of mine. We, we bought them for the very first time, and I'll say hi, and they'll tell me they enjoyed it, and then their kids will come up, and they'll say that they enjoyed it. And here's what I love. On their very first time, I realized that this family enjoyed this experience, that maybe through this experience, they they came a step closer to connecting to Christ. And it was all made possible because some people got here early and set up some chairs. And some people watched their kids while they sat in here. And some people put all this back in the box and attached it to a trailer. All that was done by other people so that this family that I meet can say, yeah, we really enjoyed it. We really felt like um, something happened here this morning. And many of you play a part in that. And I would challenge you, if you've been coming to Connect for a while now and you haven't found a place to plug in, a place to serve, there's a spot on the app. You can talk to someone in the foyer or the Connect point there. Look for a place to get connected because as you do that, as you serve, you're helping create the environment, create the space for others to connect with Jesus. It's connecting our community to Christ. You see, God has chosen to make himself known primarily through ordinary people like you and me. That's his plan. It wasn't politicians, kings, princes. It was to be made known through people like you and me. So this means we have to provide the evidence through our lives that he is real to those around us from whom Jesus is still hidden. You see, that's the key. We've got to remember sometimes that it's not that people are maybe running from Jesus. or It's just that he's, he may very well be a part of their life right now, but he's just hidden from them. They don't realize that he's just right there with them. It reminds me of a story that I may have told before, but it's a story about um, uh, an author by the name of Philip Yancey. He tells the story of this lady he met from South Africa. Her name was Joanna. She was an ordinary suburban woman. Her and her husband had studied here in the States and then returned to South Africa. And as followers of Jesus, they just wanted to be involved in making a difference in their community. 
So initially they were involved in a lot of the anti-apartheid movement where they would stand against racial inequality and, and you know, in the name of Jesus, try to, to do right in the community they were in. And they saw God use them a lot in that community. And as she saw how it was successful, she started to pray and she started to pray the Lord's Prayer about what the future looks like in her life. And the reason she started to pray the Lord's Prayer is because she was always captivated by that line, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So she would pray this prayer. She would pray, Lord, show me a place where that's not true, where your will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven, because we're supposed to be, as followers of you, part of the solution. I want to be somebody that's helping thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth. I want to be part of that. After praying this prayer for a while, she found out that she actually lived just minutes away from one of the most violent prisons in South Africa, a prison by the name of Polesmore Prison. She discovered that in the year prior that there had been 279 separate violent incidents in this prison. That's almost one a day. She just thought, this is bad. The prison was ruled by gangs. You would, um, the violence would happen, and um, as a gang member, if you attacked another, it was like a grading system. You'd get points if you could take out another gang member. You got even more points if you could take out a guard or a warden. It was just a horrific, horrific prison, full of overcrowding. So she said, I want to make a difference in that prison. It's right next door. I think I can do something. So she started to visit the prison every day. She would meet one-on-one with inmates. They would allow her to do groups where she could do some teaching and sharing about Jesus. And she said, I really felt that the, the key to this was consistency, that I needed to do this on a regular basis. She realized that um, if I'm not there every day, that these prisoners, they need stability. They need something that they can count on. So 365 days a year, she didn't miss Christmas. She didn't miss Easter. She went in every single day, and she led these meetings, and she met with these inmates, and she met with the guards, and, and she tried to be Jesus in that place. They discovered that uh, just a little over a year after her starting this, they did another uh, kind of survey to see where the prison was at. And, and this time, in the last year, instead of there being 279 acts of violence, they discovered there were two acts of violence. In fact, the transformation was so great that BBC did a documentary on this prison. They sent a film crew there because they were like, how could this have changed so much? Met this woman, talked to her. But the author talks to her. And here's where I read about it in his book. He says that I finally met with Joanna and her husband. And I said to her, I think what you've done here is amazing, but tell me what happened here. These guys are murderers and thieves and they're monsters. And you just go in and act like it's a youth group and you change the whole prison. What really happened? And he says, she looked at me kind of shocked that I would ask such a question. And she said this line that I've repeated many places in the world because it so struck me. She said, well, of course, Philip, God was already present in Polsmore Prison. We just had to make him visible. I think the, the misconception was this prison full of darkness and evil and all sorts of things that obviously God wasn't there. She said, no, God was there. We just had to make him visible. God is in our community. God is in the lives of your friends and your neighbors and people who maybe don't know him the way you know him. He's there. We just have to make him visible. 
In Genesis 28, 16, it says that when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Many in our society are asleep to the reality of God and will only be made aware of him by our intentionality and our involvement in their lives. We need to have that passion to say, I want to connect my community to Christ. Let's pray. Father, I know this is kind of the vision of Connect Church, Lord, but I just believe that as part of Connect, that it should be our desire, that there should be that compelling within every one of us to want to connect our communities with Christ. Whether that be because we're going to them, sharing what you've done in our life, or whether it be that we're serving here at Connect and we're part of a, a team that prepares this place or we're part of the Connect Center, getting it ready because we know that in creating this space that there's somebody who may come for the very first time and may connect with you through the ministries of this church. But whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that we would be a people that would um, pursue with passion that desire to connect our community to you, to make you visible in their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.